We are back at the radio. No, this is not a radio barn. That's my old career. <laughs> I used to have a radio program. This is a podcast, isn't it, Brother I believe T? this is the podcast bar, my brother. You know, you'll be yeah. my age someday and forget what you're doing. <laughs> Did I shower this morning? I hope so, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting awful close. So. I know. I know. Well, I, I doused well with cologne. <laughs> we are back at the podcast barn yes. and is our... Uh, privilege to be able to speak to you guys. Thank you for all of you who are uh, coming on board with the podcast and more and more people are, are speaking to us. I know they are me, Tony. It's rarely yeah, a week goes by where I don't meet yeah. one or two new more people. I right. was at uh, the church that I pastored for so long, Sunday morning, just attending. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple people walked up to us, oh, we're really enjoying your podcast. I had no idea that they were listening. So. Right. We're going to continue to ask people to go out there and rate it right, give it five stars, Definitely. tell your friends, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They come out. We try to get them out weekly. Sometimes our schedule doesn't allow it, but we'll probably do 50 a year, something yeah, like I'd that. Say so. You know, they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yes, it does. And when, we, when you missed and you wanted to take a spring break, you know, and you were turkey hunting. I went I turkey think. hunting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when we missed, I actually had several call or text me or Facebook me and say, hey, Where's our podcast? That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, That's that exciting. does. That makes me happy that people are really enjoying this. I had a lady at church come up to me. She's probably listening right now because she's a faithful listener. And she was referring back to when you and I discussed uh, the Trinity mm. and how she said that when I... Uh, I think it was me, maybe you, but we talked about the fact that God the Father was like the power plant, the source, and mm. then Jesus was mm-hmm. what brings that to us in the Holy Spirit is yeah. the way that we receive it. Right. And she said, that helped my kids so much. And then another person asked me, how do you describe this to your children? She said, oh, I need to get them to that podcast. Unfortunately, I remembered saying it, but I did not remember what podcast it was a part of. Yeah, I don't remember either, but you are the one that said it. Okay, yeah. okay. I don't, there's no reason taking credit for it, but it's right. just the fact yeah. that it was on one of our podcasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's good that people are getting information information that they can use in everyday life. Definitely. Definitely. That's what it's about. This this whole podcast, Let's Get Spiritual, Mm -hmm. is um, about looking at life through a spiritual lens. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's uber spiritual. Uber. Uber. uh, Like it pretty much is today. I mean, I don't, there might be some people out there because I think majority of our folks are believers who listen to the podcast, but it's meant to be for anyone mm-hmm. since everybody is spiritual. Right. Uh, but today, this might be leaning a little bit more toward those people who either consider going to church, go to church, have a view of the church, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And because and I was often uh, spoken to on this subject, is church attendance required for Christians? It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good conversation. <laughs> it is. No, you have to remember, you're... You're you're hearing it from one guy who's still in ministry, pastor in a church, right. and a guy that spent most of his adult mm-hmm. life being a pastor of a church. Mm-hmm. And so we will have a skewed view of this. Maybe, hopefully, though, a biblical view. That's what of we're church attendance. Yes. Yes. I try not let my personal prejudice right. bias my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yes. So you ready to hit the talking points? Let's hit it, brother. brother. T, anything you need to share with people before we get started? Not really. It's a beautiful day. Uh huh. Beautiful day. Spring. And, uh, pollen is killing me, but other than that, it's I know. A Don't day. forgive me. There's a reason I wear a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I need a be- a damn. <laughs> Uh, I need good. a damn. Someone good. said, you know that God has a sense of humor because he put your nose above your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> if it would really been thinking, it had been somewhere totally isolated. 
Okay. We digress. Uh, yes, we do. All right. Well, let's just let's just talk about something that that was brought up to me on several occasions, particularly by people who did not want to sign on the dotted line. Mm. Mm. Uh, what is church membership? Right. You know, when uh, you sent that talking point to me, uh, I, I just sort of looked at it this way to just jump it off. It, it's basically a formal relationship between a believer uh, and a local church. Um, you know, a believer. Uh, Billy Bible or Cindy Christian uh, decides they're going to hook up with a particular local church and their goals are the same, their purpose, their their vision, and they're going to walk together in this journey of life. Yeah. That's what I was looking at. Okay. I, 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 that's probably the way I would answer it as well. And I would add this is that uh, because... I could tell the last 10 years or so of my tenure as the pastor, I had more and more people asking this question, which no one ever asked it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, pastor, we're attending uh, your church, and uh, we hear you always talking about becoming a member of the church, mm-hmm. but we're unable to find this in the Bible. Right. And so that got me on a quest. Mm-hmm. And they were right. Mm-hmm. You don't find church yeah. membership. You don't find putting your lot, not, name on the dotted line yes. um, in anywhere in scripture. Right. Right. But so the in the way I end up answering that was number 1, when you become a follower of Christ, mm-hmm. you are automatically enrolled in church membership. Definitely. You're a part of the body of Christ. Yes. So that's not a local church, but that is the universal mm-hmm. church. That's the overall body of Christ. Where Catholics get their term, right. Catholic church, that means universal body of Christ. And so, you know, um, they were right in that respect. But then I would go on to say, but uh, there's a whole accountability aspect to mm-hmm. being a part of a church. Mm-hmm. I want to know, can I count on you? Yes. Because you need to count on me. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I've, I've signed the document. Right. I'm part of the church. I promise to support this church mm-hmm. and be a part of it. Um, and I would like to know I can count on you. It's mm-hmm. reciprocal. It goes both ways. And if you don't, if you're unwilling to sign, it doesn't cost you anything to sign. Right. You know, you don't give anything away when mm-hmm. you do that. I'd like to know that I've now I've got your phone number, your email address. Mm-hmm. I know that you're a part of the church. We can call on you, and the church can fulfill its mission. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, it's easier, really, to join the church than it is to join the Lions Club nowadays. If you so really haven't it. tried the Lions Club yet. <laughs> well, I've dad, been looking at yeah, it. My dad was a member of the Lions Club, and that's what he told me. And so, but uh, it's just good, I think, to you know to know what uh, your local church believes, mm-hmm. and if your beliefs line up, and uh, and you're going to be accountable. I think accountability is is a big part of it. I really I do. do. I do too. I think putting that name on the line makes it just a it's it's the difference between dating and being engaged and being married. That's good. It's it's a it, you say okay. I'm, I'm this is where I've planted. This is where my mm-hmm. feet are grounded. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to give my time and talents and treasure here mm-hmm. at this place. Uh, and if you don't do that, it's it's really easy to go. You know, we're not members there anyway. Right. Yes. <laughs> type yes. thing. So <laughs> well, you know, both of us have pastored over thirty years. Yeah. And I think you would agree with me that of late, the last several years, um, we people just hesitate. Um, I mean, people used to visit mm-hmm. maybe three times. And then by that fourth time, they were ready to join the church. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have folks that have been visiting for years, years. Yes. Uh, they're there every Sunday. 
Uh, they're there more than some that have signed the dotted yes. line. Yeah. Uh, but they've just never formally joined. You know. Did you see that in your ministry? I as did. Well? Yeah. You know, uh, my my dad, mm-hmm. who grew up the same denomination I did, which was not a Baptist denomination. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he came for years and years before he passed on to be with Jesus. And uh, I asked him, Dad, what, why don't you join? Mm-hmm. You know, you've been here going, and said, well, I had to give up my visitor parking spot. <laughs> <laughs> so I would That's encourage, good. if you're a pastor, if you want to increase church membership, just get rid of the visitor <laughs> parking spots. <laughs> Quit uh, making it more yeah. valuable not to be a member. I love that. That's good. <laughs> um, you, I, I think church membership, obviously, not in Scripture, but it, it is a matter of accountability. Well, then what is the purpose for going to church? The question has been, is church attendance required? Well, okay, why? Well, mm. Why would you go anyway? So um, what would be the first word you would use for reason for going to church? Well, I mean, I think it's multifaceted, multifaceted. I think, you know, we go and gather together, of course, to worship uh, our God mm-hmm. uh, together as a body of believers. Uh, I think a big part of it is a fellowship, you know, uh, being able to shake hands and hug necks and chat and uh, that mentor relationship with people and uh, just living out the word with people. Yeah. You know, I, I would toss those three out. Iron sharpens iron, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible teaches us. And so uh, also uh, it's important, I think, to, um, you know, the ordinances of the church. Yeah, uh, It's hard to um, do the Lord's Supper, you know, just uh, not by yourself. Yeah. I mean, you know. It's it's good as a a body of believers to to do that together. Mm-hmm. Uh, those types of things I think is uh, one of the purposes, or many of the purposes of the church. Yeah, and you know when when we get to scripture, uh, Paul's writing to the church at Corinth in First Corinthians fourteen verse twenty six, mm-hmm. and he's he's not talking about church membership here. He's talking about attending church together. Right, and he says, "What then shall we say, brothers and sisters?" When you come together, that's church attendance, mm-hmm. each of you has a hymn, mm-hmm. a word of instruction, mm-hmm. a revelation, mm-hmm. a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Yes. That word built up there is what we oftentimes, as preachers say, edification. Edification. Edification of the church. Right. We could also use, also use the word, it's not quite as strong, encouragement. Mm-hmm. To put yeah. courage in someone to right. help people along. And so it lists several things there. It said, come together, we sing. Mm-hmm. And there's just something that's just wonderful about gathering together mm-hmm. with other believers and singing. And it seems like here, maybe they were writing songs themselves and bringing them to the church mm-hmm. service. That'd be kind of cool. Well, we you did know. that. Years ago, we were studying the book of Psalms, and when we got to a new song, uh-huh. you know, uh, sing a new song, I challenged our uh, group, our church, to write a song. You would not believe how many actually that next week emailed me something yeah. or sent me something, and they did, were good. Did you try to put them to Absolutely music? Absolutely not, but they were good. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's yeah. very innovative. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, we, we, we had a good time. I read them, mm-hmm. many of them. Yeah. Uh, really, there were too many to read, but uh, but it was good. It's a great you idea. Know? I like that. Uh, you know, the Bible says in Hebrews that we gather together to stir one another up. Yeah. And uh, and I love that. I love mm-hmm. that aspect of it. Yes. Uh, because when we do get together. In a positive way. In a very positive <laughs> way. We just stir each other up. Yeah, you know, I do like and that. And encourage each other. I've enjoyed that, uh, not being in the pulpit every Sunday anymore, mm-hmm. being able 
to travel around. I just like meeting with other believers in other right. churches, and mm-hmm. uh, it's very encouraging to see different faces and the way things are done different ways. I yeah. really, I really do enjoy that. Well, the second thing he says is instruction, mm-hmm. and so instruction should be, I think, done by someone who has the gift of teaching or preaching. Right. I, I think you can get in big trouble when everybody shows up. Says, I, I got something. I need to teach this week. Yeah, and you, yeah. you end up with a lot of confusion. God's not the author of confusion, and right. we don't need to bring confusion within the church. Mm-hmm. So instruction is important. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I grew up in a church where it was often said, man, we had a great service today. Preacher didn't even get to preach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at the time when I was in that environment, I thought, yeah, that's right. right. That's cool. God really moved. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older and, and I felt like I had the gift of teaching that I thought, well, that's denying one of the great gifts in the church, mm-hmm. something the church needs when it comes together. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we both have known pastors, no names mentioned, that mm-hmm. just didn't have time to study that week, not even a Saturday night special. Mm-hmm. And and they, it's easy to push it and, you know, let's sing that one again. Let's sing that one that's again. Right. You know, come to the altar and you can get an hour gone quickly. Yes, you, you know, can. Oh, look here. Yeah, the time is gone. <laughs> the time is gone. Let's have a few testimonies yeah. and then close <laughs> the service. Uh, I also have known guys, and uh, you're not one of these, and I never was for, but just because I was uncomfortable with it, that between every short sentence was a hack or an amen. Right, right. Yes. We just call them hackers. Hackers, yes. And uh, there's a there's art to hacking, mm-hmm. but two-thirds of the message mm. is no content. Right. And so you can yeah. preach 40 minutes, you know, and have <laughs> 10, 12 minutes worth of text, and anybody can read the Bible for 10, 12 minutes. Yes. And, and I, I sometimes think that that's just a mm. excuse for not studying. I, yeah, I tend to agree with so you. So instruction's there. important. Mm-hmm. And then we move on to the next one, revelation. Right, that's interesting. Come on now. That's a very interesting word there. Does that make a yeah. Baptist sweat? Um. Uh, yes. Yeah, it makes a lot of folks sweat. Definitely, as a matter of fact. definitely. Because it that while it is important, I think because it's listed in scripture, mm-hmm. it is open to so much abuse. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. And uh, anything I believe, and I know you believe, uh, must be filtered through the Word of God. So yeah. anything said, right. um, you just got to filter it through the Word. Yeah, and um, but uh, the word abuse is a good word to use there mm-hmm. uh, because be we both abused. have seen that. I know I have. Yes. I know I have, and that that is why it's so dangerous mm-hmm. when someone comes to the altar and they say, uh, "Brother T, I've got a word that I'd like to share." Uh, there's nothing that makes me perspire yes. more than that. I think yeah. in a church. And how do you deal with that, Brother T? Um, I put my hand on, around their shoulder. I say, I love you, man. You know, let, let's, uh, if, if I don't know them well, yeah, yeah. if I don't know them well, you know, let, let's chat about that after the service. And then maybe next week, if, you know, and, and, and I just, I try yeah. to handle it that way. Yeah. And i tell you why. I've been burned so many times prior to that yes. way of handling it, yes. you know. And uh, because, man, one guy got up there and started telling a story that just went on and on and on. <laughs> and it was the wildest thing. I could just look at my congregation. Their eyes were getting big. Yeah. You know, it was. Yeah. Uh, and, and people so, start filtering out. Yes. Yeah. I encourage people, if they've got a word from the Lord, to do as the, the biblical authors did. Write it down. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Write it down. Give it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll read it if, if I think it's appropriate yeah. to the congregation. Mm-hmm. 
and that'll usually put a stop to it. Right, yes. Right, yes. right mm-hmm. then and there. But I don't want to deny, uh, I am not a cessationalist. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think we have to determine mm-hmm. here or describe or define that. Um, I think God still speaks to people today. Right. That's not, not everyone believes mm-hmm. that, but I do believe that. And um, over th- all the years of pastoring, I there was a couple of times mm-hmm. when I came to the pulpit and said, I feel led by God today to do this or not to do this. Right, yes. And, but it was really rare mm-hmm. that that would happen. Mm-hmm. But I think a person who's sensitive to the Spirit mm-hmm. should act upon what they feel the Spirit is saying. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. 99.8% of the time, um, we both have preached the messages that we feel led uh, that week, that we've studied, yeah. that we've bathed in prayer. Uh, but there is a percentage that, uh, man, you get up there and you just you feel in your heart right. and in your spirit yeah. that God's leading you a different direction. You may sense what's going on in mm-hmm. the group. Yeah. And yes. it's something that needs to be spoken to right, right. right then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I think you're right. And But, again, if you're doing your work, a lot of the inspiration should come with the sweat inspiration mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. And I would plan my messages out six months in yes, advance. Yes, you would, right. And... I would hope that you know God could speak to me six months ago mm-hmm. as well as He spoke to me this morning, since yes. He's not confined by space and time. Yes, right. Agreed. He Agreed. knew exactly what was going to go on that morning. Let's get to this very controversial one, and I really want to hear your answer here. It says that there can be a tongue and an interpretation of that mm-hmm. tongue. Now we, we have to say that glossolalia is the term that we use in theology, not right. used yes. much in church. Yes. But that's the that is speaking in unknown tongues, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we're aware that what happened in Acts chapter two were not unknown tongues, mm-hmm. but they were given uh, various dialects and languages, so that the people gathered in Jerusalem mm-hmm. could hear the gospel and take them back with them to their homes, right? Right. I think that's yeah. what we all. Yeah. They said these are unlearned men. How are they mm-hmm. speaking this way? Uh, and so we know there's that aspect mm-hmm. of it. Then there's an aspect that you and I discussed before we got on here that um, that I have friends who who are in in the same line of faith that I am in who have prayer languages. Not every time they pray, but on occasion they pray. I've had people who it scared them at times mm-hmm. that they were praying something they didn't know during times of extreme distress Mm -hmm. uh and and because i know these people well i have not experienced this myself right but i don't doubt that that's another view and then there is a third view of which the denomination which i grew up or the group of people that movement called the pentecostal movement Mm -hmm. did quite often was a public speaking in an unknown language with a public interpretation of that language Mm -hmm. as well we cannot deny that it says that in the text. So how do we deal with that? Well, I mean, the way I look at it is, number one, I don't think either one of us want to put God in a box, neither can you. Right. You know, so you don't put God in a box. Um, and, however, I, I do see, uh, we've used the word abuse earlier in the podcast. I see such an abuse to that. Yeah. Um, that so much of it, uh, to be honest, I doubt. I mean, I just doubt. Mm-hmm. To be very honest, um, and and so and not just here in America, but both of us have traveled around the world and have seen um, displays of things like that mm-hmm. that cause even more doubt. 
But again, I don't want to put God in a box. Right. I just don't. Right. And uh, I've never experienced it, nor uh, have I ever pastored a church uh, that has, you know. And um, and I would be very leery um, to be to just to be honest with mm-hmm. you. I'd just be very leery of it. You know, I think God has given us uh, the Word, and um, and so you know, uh, why speak in an unknown tongue when you know you can speak English if it's in America? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and so you know, and then also praying. Uh, I've experienced this, man, when my son Daniel, Dr. D, was born 27 years ago. You know the story with yeah. Down syndrome. We call it up syndrome. But when he was when he was born at what was then the East Ridge Hospital, mm-hmm. I went to the courtyard by myself, and I got a hold of God. And, and, and it was just, I couldn't put the words together. And so I was groaning. I truly was mm-hmm. in my heart and in my spirit groaning. Mm-hmm. And I believe with all my heart that God knew my heart mm-hmm. and knew what I was groaning about, mm-hmm. you know. And so, um, but, I, but I've seen in my life and ministry so much abuse to that. Yeah. i just tell you, I was walking in a church in Tiftonia one time when I was young. And I walked by a church office and heard a discussion about this is what I want you to say and the way I want you to say it, and this is how I'm going to interpret it. And uh, sat in that service, and that's exactly what happened. I got so nervous, Doc, that I ate two packs of certs. <laughs> That'll take you back a, a Ooh, certs, so, I love certs. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that memory yes, back. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so Spirit. you actually heard the planning I of it. I heard the it. planning of it, yes. So it wasn't prompted by no. the Holy Spirit, but prompted no. by rehearsal. Yes, it was. Yeah. I, I, same deal here. I'll speak quickly to because we need to go on, but... Uh, Several examples of the the prayer language, and I think even on this podcast, maybe you may not have been. Maybe it was one of those I did alone, but uh, of a very well educated professional man who comes from uh, a church that is not high church, but certainly more than mm-hmm. mine, mm-hmm. a little more stoic than the one that I attended yeah. and pastored was. Uh, was going through a very difficult time with health in his family, and uh, he called me up one morning because he doesn't even live in the city anymore it said tell me what just happened this mm. is scary mm. and it was that he had been at the dining room table praying when suddenly words came out of his mouth that he was not speaking mm. and it and it concerned him he didn't want to be doing something wrong mm. and I said you just experienced the spirit of God's praying for you whether it's a heavenly language I don't know what it is but it is meant as an affirmation to you that God is with you mm-hmm. that God is in control of this thing and not you mm-hmm. and so I mean then it became a source of comfort mm-hmm. where it was a little you know anytime something very spiritual happens it rocks your world mm-hmm. type thing mm-hmm. and then I would say too growing up in a church that had the public speaking in tongues uh, happened way too often mm-hmm. and uh I think that people want something spiritual to happen so badly. And if that's the environment that you are in where it's accepted, then you want it so badly that you actually do spiritual things in the flesh. And I think we Baptists were really guilty because the greatest accomplishment in a Baptist is someone giving their life to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we would push people to give their life to Jesus sometimes to the point where it was in the Mm -hmm. flesh and not in the spirit. So we can't speak judgmentally toward others. We've done the same thing, just in a different arena. Mm -hmm. Uh, So 
Now, do I believe that it is possible? Yeah, I think there are instances where uh, it might be necessary, as it was in Acts chapter 2, where a person who doesn't know language, and uh, this actually happened to my missions pastor in another country, speaking to people at the doorway of a hospital room, when the doctors and nurses listening to him said, when did you learn to speak so well in this language? Mm -hmm. And he said, I don't know how to speak Mm -hmm. in that language. He wasn't even aware that he was speaking in that language, but they were listening to him speak in that language. That is God getting the the truth across Mm -hmm. in a a situation where you don't have the capability, but God has the will. Yeah, and again, I think that's where we go back to not putting God in a box. Yes. You know, and but I think where we get in trouble is where it has become a mark of you're a super Christian. Yeah. You know, that that's where it has been abused so often, I yeah. believe. Yeah, I, and, we, and we might even do a whole topic yeah, on Sunday, one podcast on this, because uh, there's so much more to say. But it is a part of, and probably in this church, then, there was a reason mm-hmm. for that. Uh, probably a very metropolitan church. People come from all over the world, and there were people who did not understand things, and so therefore someone was speaking for them. Right. All right. Um, Is viewing a worship service online as good as attending personally? Mm. That is a question we wouldn't have asked 15, 20 years ago. That's for sure. There is no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to let you go first on that because I've got got some thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah, and you're, you're more involved in it now than I am. I would refer back to 1 Corinthians 14, 26 and say, if that is the purpose, those things that we said are the purposes for coming together to edify one another using those means, Mm -hmm. really difficult to do when you're separated from the body of Christ in worship. It becomes, in my opinion, it can become very uh, Mm self-indulgent. Mm-hmm. You take, but you don't give. Right. You receive, but you don't give anything back. And uh, I think I think there are times when health mm-hmm. or transportation or whatever, there, there are times when a person, if they could, they would right. be there yes. at church. Yes. But this is a second mm-hmm. best thing mm-hmm. to that. I think it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But if you're able-bodied and healthy and have the means and the transportation, you ought to get... Your tail end to church. Yes, yes. That's just preach it, preach it, preach brother. it, my brother. Because right, you're just you can't fulfill yeah. the purpose for which the church is put together. Well, it's hard to hug a television screen. Yes, it is. It's hard I've to tried. shake. <laughs> hard to shake a hand or yeah. even high five one. Yes. It's hard to honestly. The word I used uh, moments ago to stir one another up when you're yeah. sitting on a couch yeah, in preached. your PJs yeah. eat, drinking Maxwell's coffee. Can I hear a name? Woo! That's yes. good on Monday morning, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all are familiar with uh, Hebrews ten twenty five, where it says, "Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together." Mm-hmm. That word, you know, for church, even so much as you say, the day approaching. Yes, yes, meaning the end. The, exactly. Yeah. You know, we talked before we began to record about the word ecclesia. Yeah. You know, sacrally it was used um, for citizens that were called out of their home to maybe an amphitheater or, or something like that for a set purpose. Yep. And so the New Testament writers use that word for us who are called out, you know, uh, for Jesus yeah. to, to live for Christ. And, and so it's it's hard to gather in a living room watching a television screen, you know. And so uh, I wrote down here in my thoughts, uh, it's good. Online is good to complement or supplement, but it can't replace, uh, you know, I think, 
and uh, because some things just can't be duplicated online. Yes. You know, it just can't. If you use, and, and, and I know that people probably inferred this, that the, the Greek word for church is mm-hmm. ekklesia. Right, yes. And if ekklesia means, as mm-hmm. it does, the called out ones, mm-hmm. and, and it means to be called out to meet together. That mm-hmm. was what it was as mm-hmm. they met together, as you described very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I have to ask the question, are you even the church mm-hmm. when you haven't been called out and meet together? Right. If that's the definition of the word, right. yeah. are you really a part of the church when mm-hmm. you haven't met together? Mm-hmm. And most of the times that the, the word church was used in the New Testament, it was for a local church. Um, right. The vast majority of the time. Right. Not just for the universal church, what right. we would call the universal church. Yeah. It was just almost always the local church. That the universal church is most often spoken of as the body of Christ. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and local so, churches make up that body of yes. Christ. Yeah. I, I remember growing up, Dr. D, you know, living in East Lake. We went to East Lake Baptist Church. And uh, I remember those children's activities, man, those youth activities, just gathering. Mm-hmm. And, man, that's where my faith, because earlier in our life was a little uh, rocky before mm-hmm. my dad came to Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, man, we got into to church. And, and I remember those days where my sister Donna and I would go and, and learn, yeah. you know, really learn about God uh, gathering together with other children and then youth, mm-hmm. you know. Youth and, choirs and yeah, things like that. Yeah. Hey, the other day, we had our first men's breakfast yeah. in a long, long time. Well, over a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you. It was exciting. Was it real? Man, just getting together. Yeah, baby. Yeah. I mean, you know, wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey, man. (laughs) We had a great time just talking and fellowshipping together. Yeah. You know, because we haven't done it in so long, you know. Yeah. There's something about coming together like Mm -hmm. that, that uh, when you don't do it. When I had my bad auto accident 20 years ago and I was out of church for nearly three months, and I just decided to come back on a Wednesday night and not announce it to anyone, I walked in the back of the church and just began to weep. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. weep. Yes. That you you don't know what you had till it's gone. Right. Right. But right. well, to be very honest with you, Doc, um, you know, we did online uh, just about for several months, and people could not be there at all. Uh, just our praise team yeah. and me. Yeah. You know? and, um, and when folks finally started coming back, uh, I would watch out there, and they would do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, after months and months and months of That's being right. gone, this Sunday we actually had people back for the first time, mm-hmm. and I saw tears, man. You know, so as they sweet. just realized how important it is yep. to worship together. You yeah. Know? So it is not as good. No. It is not as no. good, and I might even challenge by the definition of the word that it's not actually being at church. Mm. Uh, again, good substitute if you can't make it. But right. Okay. Well, here's a big question. Is church changing? You know, when you sent that to me, uh, I looked at it, I think it may be a little different uh, from the way you were uh, laying it out there. Uh, I just know that as a pastor, um, peer pressure does not exist like it used to. Mm -hmm. When I first started pastoring 36 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever it was, um, 30 years ago, a senior pastor Man, you just went to church. Mm-hmm. People went to it's expected. church. Yeah, it was expected. Everybody yeah. just about went to church. Now th- that definitely is non-existent. Yeah, you know, um, there's so many other options now than there used to be. Yeah, I mean, we were talking again before we started recording that um, there you wouldn't have ball practice on a Sunday. Nobody did. 
and definitely not a ball game, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so I think it's changing in that way. With, yeah. I know it is. Yeah. With, without without a doubt. And another way um, is that people before they walk through the door, they're going to check you out online. That's the front porch. They're going to check some of your services out. They're going to mm-hmm. look at your staff page. Mm-hmm. You know that is the most looked at thing on our website is the staff page yes than the sermons and things like that and so they're going to check you out that that's changed it's a funny thing because in the position i am now where i go out and speak at other churches are your way that's what i do right before i go to that church mm-hmm. i'll go check them out online mm-hmm. and i'll see are they keeping up with the times right. do, do they take this seriously mm-hmm. and i can pretty much determine what i'm walking into mm-hmm. by what i've seen already on the website yes yes Unless they use stock images, you know, and uh, and you walk in, yeah. and it's nothing like that. Nothing. <laughs> but I think the other thing is, if nothing's ever updated, right. you know, they're still showing men's breakfast not mm-hmm. 2019 right. as right. their current event type yes. thing. Yes. I go, wow, these people, right. you know, um, they're not taking this seriously mm-hmm. enough because people are going there to look. And it's just a, it, it just, it's just a poor first impression. Right. For people, I looked at you. Looked at it correctly. You looked at his church attendance. What's it like? Why do you go? How mm-hmm. often? And I, I kind of went the other direction and just said, "Okay, is church mm-hmm. changing itself?" And I put yes and no, mm-hmm. but it has always been changing, mm-hmm. and it changes with the culture, and that's fine. You know, we don't even you and I would not feel comfortable in those big pointy hats, mm-hmm. stand up preaching. No. It just would not. No, would not go well, no. and. I think for the changes of culture, but I always said to my staff that our theology never changes, but our methodology must change. Yes, that's good. We've got to we got to keep up. Uh, I mean, we're not gonna, we're not in the business of entertaining. Mm-hmm. Church will never be able to entertain like the world. We don't have the budget, right? Right. And but that's not our purpose. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're being called to do to entertain. And so I, you know, we Dallas Bay has you know it's a large church that's got stuff and things it can do that chooses not to do mm-hmm. because they don't really add to value when it comes to what the purpose of the church is doing but mm-hmm. yeah i think the church has changed over the years we for example ours did not meet every week and have dinner together mm-hmm. Which the Lord, what we call the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. or the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, not the sacrament, but the ordinance mm-hmm. of the Lord's Supper, was a part of every time the church met together. Mm-hmm. It was a, and again, as everything, it became an, an opportunity to abuse it. Right. But also, so. it was also a beautiful part of it. Mm-hmm. And even the churches that first were built when they moved outside of the church home, meeting in the home was for the purpose of having room enough for people to come together mm-hmm. and put a table big enough mm-hmm. and place it for people to eat big right. enough for them to observe what they believed was a central part of their worship mm-hmm. service. We don't do that anymore. That's not the reason why church is built. And yeah. um, of course, we are both in churches where there's no altar, so to speak. Right. I mean, yes. altar by meaning that's where we put the the bread and the wine and mm-hmm. it's not there all the time and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But we still have the front of the church kind of with with flowers and stuff in that mm-hmm. altar table, typically at the communion table, mm-hmm. there. But that's just a remnant of the past. Yeah, you know, one thing I was thinking of also, Doctor D, is I've noticed this doctrine is not as important to people nowadays. That's um, right. It's more relationships. Yes, they will go to a place to a church because they have a relationship with someone there, a friend. Mm-hmm. 
um, and not necessarily believe all the doctrine of that particular church or yeah. denomination. Yeah. It's very relational now instead of just doctrine. Years and years ago, I, I yeah. didn't see that. Well, I think that that does resemble the early church because early in the church, there weren't a lot of different doctrines. Right. I mean, uh, the teachings were the the writings of the church fathers and the, and the sayings of Jesus, mm-hmm. and Jesus was at the center of their doctrine. And there wasn't a lot of variances there. You'd have a lot of different denominations. So they came together primarily because it was a time to fellowship and encourage with one mm-hmm. another and be taught. But mm-hmm. you're going to get taught the same thing in Corinth as you were Ephesus. And right. That's where it wasn't going to be different. It was yeah. not the first Baptist church of Corinth. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was mm-hmm. pretty much believers all coming together mm-hmm. in that place. So I, in that respect, it it. it hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably reverting back to norm mm-hmm. because we're coming together for yeah, fellowship. Mm-hmm. All right. Does, and it kind of relates to this one, does our church today actually resemble the one that we read in the Bible? Uh, in some ways, yeah. I think. In some ways, you know. Um, we most don't meet in homes now. Right. That's the way it started in There was a home church movement, though, uh-huh. about 20 years ago yes. that really began. Yes. And I think there's a new one right now. Beginning. Oh, is there? Yeah. I'm kind of um, out of touch a, now. <laughs> right. I have a friend right now that uh, that I met just the other day, had lunch with him, and and he talked about that. And he actually has a home church. Okay. And um, and they do a lot of what you said a moment ago. Every Sunday they have a meal together. Mm-hmm. Their kids play together. You know, they have sort of interactive type of worship. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he said that type of stuff is spreading, you know. And, um, and I heard of another large church in our uh, area here in Chattanooga that, they're looking at that uh, as a part of their ministry. And so, um, but yeah, New Testament, it was definitely home churches. Yeah. And, and of course, now uh, I pastor Wide Oak Baptist, which um, we meet together at 310 Memorial Drive at 1045 every Sunday morning. You know, there's a little. <laughs> be there, be square. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the one place where we probably change most, uh, and not talking about. Uh, methodology or anything is um, I think what we missed out on is they had all things in common mm, yeah and that was really a, being in one accord mm-hmm. having one th- all things in common mm-hmm. and that no one had a need right that they took care of those needs and, I, and there are some churches that do really a good job of that others you know don't see it again I think again churches have a tendency to go to extremes mm-hmm. where Baptist churches for a long time did nothing but talk about well I shouldn't say did nothing but the major major emphasis was on salvation mm-hmm. and very little on discipleship mm-hmm. afterwards mm-hmm. get them saved hey let them that's fine they're saved let's go and move on to another one right. where other churches really emphasize a worship service when it came to the handbells and the mm-hmm. and the big organs and the mm-hmm. big choirs and that sort of thing. and then the teaching kind of you know mm-hmm. wasn't all that and there was no evangelism going on right. at all because that was the emphasis mm-hmm. and I think that having all things in common is something that I don't know that other maybe than the uh, Amish mm-hmm. or, or folks like that that maybe have hung right. to yes. that tradition yeah. in yeah. doing so and again. I would I would say it was probably because of a lot of abuse, mm-hmm. not in Amish church, but <laughs> I was the pastor for years where he didn't have enough 
people there to take care of all the needs and I would be interrupted constantly about people who are wanting something but the truth is they're rarely ever members of the church it was just people coming in off the street the, yes or going uh, down the yellow pages yes you know if you remember what yellow pages are <laughs> I do I do I used to look forward to them come in uh, there's the yellow pages I used to be at Avondale Baptist so they would call us first yes and oh yeah White Oak, <laughs> so. White Oak last Avondale first yes, yes. <laughs> That's great. All right, this this one last thing. What do you think the future of the church looks like? Let's talk about it in the concept of just how, what it does, how it does it, how people attend. What do you think about it? I think, first of all, I just say that uh, church is plan A and there really is no plan B. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, God uh, is the one. The uh, church is his idea, you know. And, and so, but we are looking in America... Uh, really almost a post-Christian, not almost a post-Christian nation. Right. And we are becoming, you know, like the churches in Europe or Canada. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we have to be very, very careful. Uh, thankfully, we know, uh, as I said, that it is plan A, that we're going to continue to gather. Um, uh, but I, I don't think as many are going to gather mm-hmm. uh, as, ha- as in the past. Uh, the remnant is gathering now. Um, and uh, but there's some power in that man. God's mm-hmm. always had a remnant. Yes, always. In, always. In the Word of God. He's always had a yeah. remnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I think what's happening is what I. And again, I'm get to see this from the perspective of going different places and seeing it and seeing the commonality amongst churches. Is I think there is a winnowing. That's a great Old Testament word. Winnowing was a picture of where. The farmer would take the wheat and the chaff together, throw it up in the breeze, and the breeze would blow the lighter chaff away. Right. And then the kernels would fall back, and that was how he would uh, thrash or thresh mm. the wheat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what's happening mm-hmm. now is that because it's no longer the end thing to do, mm-hmm. because there is a cost more and more each day to being an active church member. Mm-hmm. It no longer is a place where it gets you advanced in your culture or society or in business, but you're going for the right reason. I think, and I'm hearing this from church to church to church, that the church is literally becoming smaller mm-hmm. in its numbers, mm-hmm. but stronger at the same time. Yes. Smaller, but stronger. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not a bad thing. Right. It's just not right. a bad thing. Yeah. You, I remember you saying a couple of years ago, learning to do more with less. Yep. You know, you, yep. you were sharing that with me. And and I think all churches are seeing that, Doc. Yep. Um, and, uh, but what I'm also seeing is giving is up, Incredible. which is Across amazing. the board. Across amazing. the board. Yeah. I, I really owe ye of little faith. Yes. I had little faith when, Mm -hmm. number one, when the tax laws changed Mm -hmm. and it no longer was advantageous Mm -hmm. to do your tithe. I was scared to death as a pastor because I thought, you know, I've got this big budget. I've got to meet salaries and insurance requirements, all that sort of thing. I just knew that we were going to have to make drastic cuts and that sort of thing. But Mm -hmm. that has not happened. No, no. And there's more, it seems to be there a freedom of worship, man. Mm-hmm. Just the remnant is there. Yes. And there's more of a freedom of worship. There's more of an excitement. And mm-hmm. um, and so uh, I think the future of the church is bright. Yeah, yeah. I, Best days are ahead, I yes. think. They will not look like the days of old. No. The huge church in the center of town mm-hmm. that took up two blocks. Mm-hmm. We've all been to those churches right. where they yes. do. 
And God bless them. That there was a time for that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's. I, I don't think now God can do anything right. He chooses, and things may sway in a totally different what direction. I don't think that's the future of the church. Right. Though. I agree, man. I totally agree, bro. But I'm sold on it. Yes. I'm sold on it. I still love the church. Uh, I'm not as active anymore in the everyday involvement of the church. But, man, when I get to go, I love it. That's like a plug for me saying, guys, invite me to come and speak at your church. I'd yeah. love to come to speak at your church. Yes, indeed. And so I'm doing that quite often, but uh, I've had to, I've had not to be able to go sometimes because of other engagements. But I would love to, if somebody needs somebody, uh, man, get in touch with me. I'd love to come and preach for you at your church. And I'm going to tell you, regardless of the denomination, if you'll have me, I will not push a denominational mm-hmm. viewpoint. Mm-hmm. I just, I'll just love to teach. Yes, I indeed. Just, I just Dr. Teach. Dugan is a preaching machine. Just add water. <laughs> just add water. Woo! Drop a hat and I'll drop the hat. <laughs> uh, I'm going to encourage people, too. I did a podcast last night, Brother T, on, uh, and it's totally, totally different than what we do. It's called Into the Fray with Shannon Legros. She's out of Las Vegas. Real sweet girl has been doing this. Now, what she does is a podcast about the supernatural, the paranormal, the unusual. I mean, there are some weird and wacky people on that show. But, I, you know, last fall I wrote a book called Wicked Spirits, yes. and we got together back then. She said, we need to do this on my show. And it took a long time to work it out, but we worked it out last night. I mm. think it comes out this Thursday. Mm. And the interesting thing is, while I wasn't preachy, I got mm. to use scripture. Yeah. You know, I talked yeah. about demons and wicked spirits mm-hmm. and angels and God's benevolent spirit and all the different things in there, as well as sharing my UFO stories mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, too, because mm-hmm. she was interested in that. So right. I encourage you. It's called Into the Fray. Mm-hmm. She's going to link us on her podcast, and her podcast is much larger than ours, so oh, it'll be cool. very helpful. So that was a lot of fun, and I yeah. appreciate it. I'm just going to shout out to Shannon LeGrow right now, yes. a sweet girl, and uh, she did a really good job interviewing last night, and uh, I look forward to hearing it myself. Did you mention Bigfoot? I did. <laughs> but I didn't say I saw one because I have never seen one. Right, right. But I did say as a child, yeah. elementary school, right. man, I, I found that book, and I just devoured it. I read it over yeah. and over and over again. And she has a lot of people on her show that tell Bigfoot, Bigfoot stories. Right. All I had was UFO stories. Nah, yeah. But I yeah. do have some good ones of those. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was refreshing for her to hear someone yes. from an aspect, a perspective mm-hmm. of faith. Mm-hmm. That you know was okay to talk about these subjects. Yes, I agree. That's yeah. great. That's, That's good great. stuff. So we encourage you guys to do that. We will be back next week again. I hope that you enjoyed our talk together. A little more churchy mm-hmm. than typical, but uh, I think it was. Uh, I enjoyed it. Thank I you, Tony. It. Yeah, good stuff. We will be back next week. You guys have a great week, and uh, we will talk to you then. God bless. God you. bless. <laughs>